new mixer. So, so we're live? We're live. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. So when I go looking for this on iTunes tomorrow, it'll be there, right? That's not on me. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box. Today is Wednesday, February, crap, 27th? 27th. Yes. 27th. Uh, yes. Sorry we missed last week. Uh, if you know, we're on the East Coast, and we had some weather last week, and not only did it take us out, but I also had the flu, and I'm pretty certain I was one degree away from being dead. Um, I told everybody one of the symptoms I had, and everybody's eyes pop out, and like, dude, you should have went to the doctor. <laughs> You're not supposed to turn green, man. Yes. My, my vision actually... You're not the Hulk. Everything got Hulk. greenish in my vision, and people are like, that's probably not a good thing, dude. Mm. Uh, all right, so I am your host, Randall. I've got uh, our Sadman producer, Madman, back there on the board. Hello. I'm screwing things up back here. Yes, he is. Um, got my special co-host here, Thomas. Say hello. Hello. Enos, say hello. Hello, folks. And our special guest tonight joining us from ComicsOnline.com. Kevin, say hello. Hello again. So yeah, Kevin runs ComicsOnline.com. You've heard us mention it on the show before. He's going to sit in with us tonight on our subject. Uh, and Kevin, since you are brand new to the show, I need to go ahead and remove your protective packaging so we can access all your features. There we go. All right. Thank you. Careful. That's mint. Well, he's <laughs> not mint now. Yeah, finger oils, man. Finger oils. Yeah, oh, man. Wow. Check this out. He's got like a secret compartment on the back to hide your weed. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> how was everybody's weekend? Ah, oh, pretty good, pretty good. good. Yeah. Sadat. 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 Uh, what was that out of? Do you remember that? I have no idea. Was that an old Sesame Street thing? Sadat. Sadat. I have no idea. I only heard know it from references. Okay. <laughs> there was a uh, uh, ventriloquist. He used to do it with his hand, right? Sadat. Sadat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's exactly. It wasn't Edgar it. Bergen? Was it? No. 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 S- some Spanish guy. Yeah. Senor Wences. Might, might be. I don't he remember. He used to work with, use his hands, Senor Wences. There yeah, you go. That's, that's probably it. Yeah, uh, so, an, an encyclopedia of all things knowledge. That's so just let's, crazy. We got a bunch of stuff to get to tonight, um, including our, our subject. But let's go ahead and hit on a couple of the noteworthy things that happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, let's give it up for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for Best Animated Oscar. Yay. And yeah, Black Panther. Black yeah. Panther won three of them. Best Costume Design, Best Production Design, and Best Original Score. Good year for, their, for uh, comic movies, definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, here, and you know, everybody's saying that. Now, yes, it is the first win for the MCU, but they are not the first Oscar for superhero movies. Nope. Um, everyone forgets that Superman, Superman. didn't win, but ironically, it didn't win for score. You'd think the John Williams score would have done wow. it. But it that's it, hard to believe. Yeah. That, that song is iconic. No, it was yeah. out, outstanding achievement, I think, for video editing. And mm-hmm. I believe... Um, Batman won, and I think that, that Michael Keaton won. That might have won for score. And, of course, we all know Heath Ledger winning one, the Oscar for, for, for Best Actor. Uh, so. Best Supporting Actor in uh, The Dark Knight. So, yes, yes it, is, it is a great accomplishment for the MCU, but keep in mind, guys, superhero movies have won Oscars before, just no one's won the Best Picture yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Black Panther won that, I'd be like, what? That cartoon at the end? How can you be Best Picture? Best, huh? That fight at the Best end. Fight. Oh, well, you got to remember, I didn't see Black Panther. That's why, yeah, that's why I didn't get that award. Uh, Senior Wences. Yeah, that's it. Senior Popular Wences. for the Ed Sullivan Show for the 50s and 60s. There you go, Enos. Bullseye. Yeah. Also, um, <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys have seen those Walmart 100-page spectaculars that DC were doing. Yep. Um, I know there was a big controversy a couple of weeks ago because of the whole Superman imagining um, the death of Lois type thing. And you can't find that sucker no, anywhere. Well, you couldn't find him anywhere when people when they first got announced they were right. out because people were snagging them up. But uh, first, DC announced they were discontinuing those. Um, but right. now they've actually come back and said, no, we're not discontinuing those. We're going to actually make them available everywhere. My understanding is they're going to take the original stories out of those 100s and combine them into a trade paperback. Oh, cool. If you guys have been picking those up, they were kind of a, a ripoff because they were all reprints with maybe five pages of original material at the front of it. Um, so, hmm. But knowing that they're going to collect all the original material into a trade, that I'll be looking That's forward worth to. Yeah. That's worth it. Right. Oh, and this one I actually read the other day. I'm really excited about this one. Chris Claremont is going to be returning to the X-Men. Oh, there we go. It's coming back in Marvel Comics Presents number five. And get this, he is going to be revisiting his cross-time caper from Excalibur. Oh, nice. So, And I think it's going to be focusing on Nightcrawler from that story. Cross-time caper, which was supposed to be originally, I think, five issues and went like 12 or something like that. I think it went more than 12. didn't go on for like a couple years or something like that. It went a long time. Yeah. And for guys uh, who who don't know, Chris Claremont, 
is the legendary writer on X-Men who gave us the Dark Phoenix saga and gave us Days of Future Past. So. And gave us Gambit. Bishop. Well, okay, so he had some faults. I think his run was like 19 years on yeah. Uncanny X-Men, yeah, and, think, and then, yeah. then several years on X-Men, which became X-Men Legacy later on. I mean, he's right. like well, the X-Men writer. He right. was he was, he's, uh, he was a legendary writer on X-Men. He was part of why I got into X-Men. Yeah. What he was doing was just groundbreaking. Um, some other great stuff, news coming out. Madman, you're going to love this one. This I'm is ready. Batman number 67 oh, yeah? is going to be an actual follow-up to, wait for it, the Batman Elmer Fudd team up. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Is Elmer Fudd showing up in Batman sixty seven? Yes. Uh, they're thinking it's actually going to be part of the Nightmare storyline. Okay. But makes uh, sense. Tom okay. King has straight up said it is a sequel to Batman Elmer Fudd. Nice. Which Kevin, did you read Batman Elmer Fudd? I didn't. There were. I, I need to pick you up. I pull those it out. Crossovers. I got hey, it. Hey, phrasing. I, I got it over here. <laughs> Wow, okay. No, do not pull it out. Repeat, do not pull it out. I know but this is crazy. radio, but we, we, we don't need to see that. But yes, Batman Elmer Fudd was actually fantastic. I mean, it was one of the best um, DC, Harvey, or Looney Tunes teams up. That and Wonder Woman, Tasmanian Devil, which is also another really good one. Madman's handing you the Batman Elmer Fudd. Thank you. Wonder Woman. Yeah, he let us borrow it, and I Wonder read it. Wonder Woman and it. Tasmanian Devil. I missed that one. That one was really good. I think that's a real Which was the one, I, the one I really wanted to read and haven't got a chance to yet was the uh, Deathstroke Yogi Bear. You know. Way for me. Uh, oh, slip. Yeah, we have him on hand. That was really good, too. Um, the thing I really love about that one is it's so perfect. They make Tasmanian Devil one of the creatures within yeah, the, the labyrinth. It's wow. great. And that just it's works so, so perfect. So is it safe to say he goes... <laughs> Well, he does speak yeah. in pictures, and one woman can actually understand <laughs> she him. She can understand You him. have to read the story. Did I pick those up for you, Madman, or? No, you let me borrow okay. them, and uh, I told EK he's got to read them. Okay. Well, I didn't realize. Uh, so, also, too, the Amazing Spider-Man annual this summer. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I know a couple of people who are waiting for this one. I Actually, uh, Thomas, you'll like this one. We're going to get the return of the Amazing Spider-Ham. Oh. <laughs> Porker. Peter Porker is back. I love me some Peter Porker. And then I also read that apparently it looks like Black Cat's going to get her own yes. ongoing series this summer. Um, <sighs> here, here's, here's my thing about that. It's a great character. Yes, okay, obviously she's hot, but that series is 10 years too late. Yeah. I mean, that thing should have been probably maybe 20 years now. I was about to say, uh, she would have been, probably been better for her back in like 84, 85 when she, uh, when she was really... Um, People yep. were really jumping on with her, and she's her character popularity began to grow. Yeah, her she was all over the Spider-Man comic yeah, right. books, and like you know when they did her origin story on the uh, Fox animated series, that would have been a perfect right. time to bring that on too. And I mean, she's a great character, but like I said, just that series is, is 15, 20 years too late. Well, and I mean, there, too, there's also sometimes people out there that are really great characters, but they just. Don't have enough to carry their own story. Yeah, that's why know? she's always a cameo kind of character. Right, right. And and here's the thing: currently in the Amazing Spider-Man, they're doing a story where she um, betrays the Thieves Guild um, because they were stealing some of the high-end equipment of the superheroes and auctioning them off. And she helps Spider-Man get those back, but she does so under the pretext of being a member of the Thieves Guild. And they more obviously they get busted that you know, hey, Felicia, you're betraying us. So. Her series is going to pick up from where that storyline ends with her at these guilds. So, and I don't want to speak ill of Marvel because it seems that's all I freaking do anymore. But you know how Marvel is lately. It'll run 12 issues and then it'll end and then it'll get another creative team and it'll start off with a new number one. And Yeah. That's what we should do. Make a drinking game out of it every time Marvel restarts a series. I don't want to die. <laughs> Kevin Chicken is like, oh, hell no. no. That's, that's too much drinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that would kill us all. Um, Doomsday Clock 11, I'm really waiting for this one. If you guys have been following that one, they're finally going to reveal what actually went on in Rebirth with uh, Dr. Manhattan and the whole thing with the button in Batman's cave. Have you read any of that stuff, Kevin? I, I've read the, the button. I've read all of the, uh, the the current series up until now. Yeah, because do, obviously Doomsday Clock is picking up on DC Universe Rebirth. And there, I think Wally is going to be tied heavily back into this. I'm also willing to bet that what's going on in Justice League right now with the breaking of the source wall and the totality, I would not be surprised if Wally's not only the key to restoring the pre-52, but also to restoring the source wall. Wait, which Wally? 
Wally West, the White Wally West. Yes. Okay. The original Wally West, I should say. White Wally West. White Wally White West. Wally West now is an African American. Three times fast. Yeah. Easy for you to say. Wow. <laughs> Which is that's going to be part of my thing. Um, so Enos, I know you had a news item. I have one that I want to bring up, but I'm specifically saving it for last. Kevin? When it comes to White Wally West, um, wow, uh, isn't, it, isn't it the case that he's uh, that he may be the the killer in uh, Heroes in Crisis? No. That's Booster Gold. It's Booster Gold now? Right now. Well, it's always been Booster Gold. Now, Heroes in Crisis 6 just came out today, and I haven't read it. But the story is because oh, Wally... Oh, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> right. I want to read that. Right. So Wally West, was, Wally West was one of the victims in Heroes in Crisis. Unless something new happened in six today, which I haven't read. Never mind. Forget I, I said anything. Right. Oh. Okay. Enos so, has got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, mental note. I've got to get caught up on that. I've only read, like, the first two issues. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I'm going to wait for the trade But, at yes, this point. spoiler alert, guys. Apparently, Wally West is, uh, I guess, not dead in Heroes in Crisis. Thanks, Kevin. Blame uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it on the visitor. Oops. I thought you guys read these before you see, got here. See, no. They just came out today. No, what the just, hell, man? I just man? my stash up like yeah. about wasn't even right. 20 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't even had a chance see, to get out yet. Now you know why you haven't been a guest on the show before. <laughs> 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 All right, so, well, got that to look forward to. Enos, what is your story? Well, um, if any of you guys uh, uh, go online and check out CBR Comic Book Resources, they did an article this weekend on about is it time for Superman? Is it time for a Superman of color? Right. And it wound up creating a lot of controversy, but this was something that I wasn't looking for. Yesterday, uh, Dean Kane, who played Superman on Lois and Clark, um, had responded and said, uh, guys, you're 25 years too late. Right. Right. Okay, because <laughs> like unless you know unless you really don't know. Dean Cain is actually part he's Japanese. He's half yeah. Japanese. Right, right. So he was actually technically the first um Superman of color. And and it and then like the the host on Fox and Friends, what got under my skin was they started talking about why is everything gotta be a, be about color. And then one of the hosts said the absolute the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. He said, "What well, that makes it? Well, that, that makes me ponder the question: Can anybody play the back Black Panther? No, because you have to. The Black Panther, He's, compared to other characters, or he, it it." In essence, has to be a black man because he's an African king. Exactly. Right. And, right. And, and and I'm like, and and what what angered me was not only that statement, but the fact that after Dean Cain so eloquently put that Superman is not a person, it is an ideal, and he could be anyone. Well, anything to make the story of Superman better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, 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 so, and then when that guy from Fox News said, not only did he say, can anybody um, can anybody play the Black Panther? He turned turns around and says, "Well, if it was if the Black Panther was an Asian guy, white guy, then I wouldn't have had a problem with it." For part of my life, you a damn lie. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just say, you just play as Ice T said. You played yourself. Right. You played yourself because unless you are a racist, unless you're living under a rock. Or unless you don't read comic books and you have no interest in it, there is no excuse for anyone to not know that the Black Panther is the king of an African nation. Exactly. Right. So there's so Fox News, Fox and Friends, and Dean Kane had no excuse for letting that get that far. Well, the, was, you have to was remember Dean Kane on that show. Yes. He those, was, the, oh wow. Those was, things only have like a five second delay. Right. So by the time it was out of his mouth, they were all like. Okay, he just made an ass of himself. Exactly, and, and, and the dude from Fire, and I was like, you just sat up there and said that it wouldn't matter. Okay, why is it that everybody wants to jump on the Black Panther? When every time you talk about a, char a character who is of color, the first words out of everybody's mouth is the Black Panther. I can see the Falcon being a white dude. or in the, the, yeah, Falcon, yeah, yeah. the Falcon, War Machine. 
Um, Luke Cage couldn't be anyone but no. Luke Cage could not yeah. because part of Luke Cage's whole it's story is because he came a Harlem and Anderson. Exactly. Right. exactly. The same thing with Goliath. Goliath could. He's a scientist. Right. And the same thing with Brother Voodoo and um. Har- Harvey Dent. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Harvey Dent could be anybody. Yeah, going, it doesn't really matter. He's right? going back to the fact that yeah, he went from Billy D. Williams to Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, those, you know, those guys. It really doesn't matter. Well, but let's, let's not forget Terrence Howard. Um, oh yeah, and, uh, Don yeah. Cheadle. Don, yeah, Cheadle, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Oh my God. We could go, but but it just angered me that okay, here we go again. I thought we had left that behind when the Black Panther film was announced. And everyone talking about why can't somebody had all that? So can't why can't we have Ku Klux Klan? Well, because we're remember we're about to hit the same thing yeah. with all the the sexist and Captain Marvel. Oh exactly. yeah, which oh is, my yeah. God. and it's, it's already started. It's already it's started. Which, by the way, listeners, we also do cover the topic of the black Superman in episode three of Lost in the Longbox, subtitled "Wait, that's not Superman." See, I can do just like the editors and comic books do. What do you say? See, available in the archives, right? Exactly. And, and, you know, and, I, and, and I just want—I'm going to leave this alone after this. I just wanted. <laughs> To, to bring that to everyone's attention because I think I think we are in a unique community because we are brought together different different races creeds what have you but because of our love of comics and now this ugliness is starting to make its way in and we saw this with and ironically if Michael B Jordan was brought up because he had said he played in what was what has interest in playing right, right. the one the, the black superman Calvin Ellis that is on earth too right in DC comics and and Dean Kane went as far as to praise him and talk about how great and, and like they conveniently ignored the fact how everybody raised hell because he was going to be Johnny Storm in that god awful, <laughs> awful Fantastic Four movie from 2014. But I digress. The point of the matter is Dean Kane. Wait, was he was he Johnny Storm? I didn't know that was him. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, I never well, saw that movie. I saw had, like the first ten minutes of it, and I was like, I'm I done. Was if a horrible you didn't movie. fall asleep on it, if you went and, and went the distance on that movie, by the end of it, you were like, well, where's the other half of this movie? Because now I'm invested. Right. I actually liked well, it by the it, end of the movie. Well, here's the thing, and I told people that was a great science fiction movie if you just named it something other than Fantastic Four. True. Because right. you put the name. Well, I'm sorry, Fant Forstick on the movie. Um, you, you ruined it. It would have been a great science fiction movie. That just sounds bad. If it had not... Look, I, 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 look, look, sounds at, dirty. look at it the sounds, lighting. It's like it's, Madman just said. Fant it sounds Forstick. dirty. Yeah. It sounds dirty. It just... No. So, that doesn't sound like but anyway, the right genre movie. A musician or something. What right. you just brought up, Enos, leads right into my last story item here that I saved for last, not right. because it's big and I want to touch it, but because I want to get on the, jump on the soapbox about it. So apparently, Donny Cates is getting death threats for what he wrote in, in Ghost Rider 11. Right. Um, Venom 11. Be- Venom 11? Venom, Venom 11. 11. Yes, I'll say. What did, what did I say? What you write? said Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Okay. Um, I'm is sorry. Venom 11. What, what was this? The, well, what, what was going on is apparently he was changing the relation. I, I have not been reading Venom, so I can't right. speak from having read this. This is just from what he, you know, he my changes the relationship. The, of the he changed the relationship Flash of the character and Venom. I think it, it basically what they were trying to say is that the Venom Eddie Brock relationship was a symbiotic relationship, and it was a good relationship. This, that, and the other, blah blah blah. But he's saying no, it's not. Right. The Venom symbiote has a been predator. is a predator, and he's been manipulating Eddie and making him forget, you know, things that he should be remembering. But, but and making if you go back to the original storyline, that's what it was doing to Peter Parker. Exactly. Right. That's exactly his... what it's doing. The the, the the Venom symbiote is is evil. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's done some you know good things to help save innocent people because of Eddie's influence and stuff like that, and the way it was treated and everything. Right. But at, at Everybody the heart, forgets that character it's from a race yeah. of evil is, beings. Is, yeah. Is, right. Yeah. So anyway, he got death threats for it. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because I just want to tell all of you out there, knock it the hell off. Right. They're comic Much. books. They're grow, comic books. You can grow kill somebody up. over comic exactly. books. If, if a comic book is disturbing you that badly, um, here's a novel idea for you. Don't freaking read the title. Yeah. There was a time when a book aggravated me. I quit reading it. Yeah. I didn't write nasty letters threatening to kill somebody. And I tell you what, those of you who are making a death threat, I am almost willing to bet you're sitting behind the safety of your computer or your phone, but you don't have a spine in public to actually speak your mouth, speak your mind. Yeah. And may I also add, they did the same nonsense to Tom King 
at right after Batman Fifty. Right, exactly. And, and he had, and this man had to go to San Diego Comic Con with security. Right. Who the hell does this stuff? Right. Well, and here's the thing about about Tom King though. That's one of the stupidest people to threaten in your entire exactly. life. The man worked counterintelligence <laughs> for the <laughs> for the FBI. I'm glad you said that because I was can about kill to bring you. that up. <laughs> You, I am not going to threaten a man that worked counterintelligence with it. No, right? Because I can guarantee you, move. he still knows ways to kill you. And if he and if he doesn't, he knows people that can. Exactly. So, he so, could be like no, Bernie that Mac. That was dumb. So he yes, could be I like think Bernie Mac. He don't understand. Everybody here at Lost in a Long Box agrees. Guys, knock it the hell off. Right. If you're that, if you're really that upset about it, then you, you obviously have other issues that need there. to be addressed. And just please get quit out. reading the comic. Right. Just if, if you're really go away. Up, we don't need you in the hobby. If, if you're really that upset about it, and you're not just some keyboard warrior out there, and you really think that you want to kill some, someone because of what you wrote, please get help. Yeah. And I'm not. And I'm not saying that to make fun of you or to mock anybody. That that that's not a good good place to well, be. Well, it's a symptom of our society right now is that because oh, yeah. of the anonymity of the internet, people are like far more loose with what right. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Just please, if if you feel that it is appropriate to do, and you're not doing it just to be. All edgy. right. So, get help. Da, 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 da. before we get onto our subject, do we have to pay some bills? We have yes, to pay we the do. bills, sir. Pay the bill. Pay the bill. All right. Uh, Lost in the Long Box and FXBG Public Radio is sponsored by Danny's Pizza and Subs. Uh, go to Danny's Pizza and Subs.com and you can find the whole menu there. Or you can call and place an order at 898-5008. They are located here in the Fredericksburg area at Lee's Hill Center, 10657 Spotsylvania Avenue. They have a limited delivery area. Uh, within about five miles of that address. Um, their hours are Monday through Thursday, 11 to nine, eleven a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., and on Sundays, they're open from noon to 8, and it's always buy one, get one free. Pizzas at Danny's Pizza and Subs. They also have salads and paninis and, and wraps, steak and cheese wraps, and gyros or gyros. Hey, or gyros. Gyros. Tommy? Why don't you say, uh, we don't you own steak and cheese? Do I owe you a steak and cheese? I think you owe me a steak and cheese. For what? I don't remember this. Yeah, go get us some steak and cheese. I, I don't remember you not owing me a steak and cheese. So basically, you're making this up and trying to get me to buy you dinner. Is what you're saying. <laughs> All right. So bills have been paid. We discovered the uh, discovered. We had talked about the news and noteworthy items. Let's get to tonight's main topic. Um, the actual topic for tonight's show is going to be. Actual instances of comic books that made Enos and Tommy cry. Because I'm not going to be on this because I'm a man. I don't cry at comic books. I cried once. Big stud you. But he is a pretty emotional guy. You know, he was when he found out that Tom King was going to be at Awesome Con this year. You know, he was just all jumping for joy and everything like that. You had to find a way. I had to find a way to get this in. So if you've ever wanted to see a grown man propose to another grown man while wearing a Mr. Miracle cosplay, you might want to come out to Awesome Con because I've heard that Randy has bought the ring. I'm not. I'm not. Kevin's I heard like, I'm right. there. So, yes, um, I will probably buy an awesome con ticket since you mentioned that. Kevin, are you going to be taking a road trip with us? Um, how about awesome you, Enos? When is it? Uh, no. uh, April 26th, 27th, and 28th. I'll have to see. All right. And I'll be working there, so. Yes. So we'll have a member of the Brute Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So since we are going to talk about moments in comic books that actually turn on the waterworks, Thomas... Since you wanted to be a jerk and mention my <laughs> thing for Tom King, you get to start. It, it, you know what? There's nothing wrong with your bromance. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> and may I say you do. Except for the fact, watch, this will be the one episode that Tom King somehow finds. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. It would be great. I, I think Tom's just jealous. And just yeah. on the record, you do, do as far as the cosplay goes, you do Mr. Miracle Proud. I know I do. Wait till, you, wait till you see my friend Suzanne, if I get her to go with me. She does Big, Big Barda. Barda. Yes. Oh, 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 yeah. I got I to see that. So, so I get to go first. So I think well, this one might be on the minds of several people. It's one that um, didn't so much get me the first time I read it as it did the, you know, the you know, subsequent times later. And that's the death of Captain Marvel. Um, the very first time I read it, you know, the main reason I read it is because I heard <laughs> it was so great and so great and everything like that. And I read it, and I liked it. But I hadn't experienced, you know, literally any loss at that time. Nobody I was close to had ever died. It just hadn't happened. I mean, it was, I knew one day it would happen, but, you know, it just never had. Um, you know, and as people know, he died of cancer. Um, you know, since that time, going into 42 years old, I've now experienced this several times. I've had a girlfriend pass away from cancer. I've had a grandfather, grandparents, you know, everything. So this is a lot different for me now. You know, I've been in Alicia's place, you know, his girlfriend's place. I've been her. You know, I've been there. I've been Rick Jones when I felt helpless and just angry at the world because there's nothing I could do to stop it. You know, it 
okay, I'm starting to cry now just talking about it. So, by the way, reel it in, bro. Reel it in. Yeah, let's reel it in a little bit. Real waterworks may get turned on, especially when you talk a couple of months. Yeah, so, so, okay. But yeah, because it's starting to right now. You know, I've been there when my grandfather developed lung cancer. You know, I was helpless to stop it, and I was angry and just mad at the whole world you know i i feel i felt those emotions and i felt them again and i'm not gonna lie i read this about a week ago and it got me again it it did you know it it was great it was a great book and i enjoy it a lot more now than what i did at at that time because it's a lot more real now it's a lot more powerful you know this this is a great read it's one of my all-time favorite single shot stories because of how it makes me feel, even though it makes me cry. Well, because it's relatable to you. you it, know, yeah. it, it is. It's very relatable to me now, you know. You know, and speaking of, you know, I, I was talking about, about, you know, how I felt like Rick Jones when my grandfather passed away and when he developed cancer. That man has been gone almost 15 years, and I still can't talk about him without crying. Yeah. Still no, yeah. can't talk about him oh, without yeah. crying. Well, and, I mean, that's what's good about, like, comic books and any kind of art form is stuff like that. Is that they, even though it's, a, it's about superheroes and crazy mm-hmm. You know, crazy Rick Jones's life, and uh, you know, there's still very real aspects of it that you know resonate in our own lives. Yeah, this was know? this is, was very very real to me when I read it the second time. I mean, it brought back you know the, all that flood of emotions and everything. And you know, I'm not. It was a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad that you know it affected me. You know, I, I really am. It it it's great. And you know, if you haven't read the death of Captain Marvel, you need to. So I might try to, you know, if Jim Starlin's going to be back there again this year, I might have to dig out my third printing of my, uh, of it because I unfortunately don't have a first printing and get him to, get him to sign. And I'm not much of a big autograph. They were like, hard items to get a hold of. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big autograph collector, but this might be one that I actually do want. Because it means something to you. Yeah, it does. It, I mean, Venus, it, you, know, you got something? The um, issue of Superman, the Man of Steel, where it was written by Louise Simonson, Walter Simonson, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. his wife. There was a scene where, after Superman died, Ma Kent was comforting Lois. Oh, God, I know this moment, yes. That was the most... It didn't bring me to tears, but I, like with the death of Captain Marvel, which coincidentally is a book that made me want to write comics, and it hit me but for a different reason. Um, But this particular exchange, it made you admire Ma Kent, and you kind of got the gist of, yeah, Jonathan Kent was a good man. You knew this. But you could, just listening at her talk and comfort Lois, knowing that not only was this his... Beyonce he was talking to, she lost her son. And she's raised him ever since he was a child, but she was strong, stronger than Lois, and was just telling her, you got to be strong, this, that, and what have you, to the point where Lois just couldn't take it no more, and she breaks down. But my point is, you, you got the idea that you Superman is the way that he is, from Ma, from Ma Kent. Martha Kent had a big impact on. Oh, absolutely. On, on Clark. As a, as he grew up. Yeah. As he oh, grew yeah. up, because if you look at the way Superman talks to people, how he handles people, after you read that scene, you said, "Well, damn, that's where he gets it from. That's Ma Kent talking." Yep. And you know what's great too? You mentioned that scene. And it, and it just flashed this back in my memory. I think Zack Snyder must have read that scene because they almost steal that same thing yeah, in, in Justice League when she comes to visit Lois mm-hmm. at the Daily Planet because they both knew, um, you know, who he was. You know, mm-hmm. my lover, your son, right. and and they're commiserating together about what they have both lost. So I actually totally didn't make that connection until you said that. Right, and and and, and like you know, like really, I'm gonna be honest. It just didn't hit me until just now. Okay, that's where the light went off. Okay, and I've read this numerous times. Right. And I and you just wondering, and I can I thought kept thinking how she just talked and she never wavered, she never broke, and she just was that pillar of strength 
for the Kent family. And then I said, damn, that's where Superman gets it from. Absolutely. And so speaking, staying on Superman and, and the books that did us in, one of the ones for me is, uh, and this is a great story if you guys haven't ever read it. They've actually have redone this story both on Justice League, League Unlimited. and they just did it on Supergirl with the Black Mercy. And it's Superman and for the man who has everything. Oh, yeah, that was great. And the thing that's really great about it is he loses everything. And you know it's coming because you see that he's on Krypton. He's got this wonderful life. Um, his parents are alive. Mm. He's married um, another woman on, on Krypton who ironically looks a lot like Lois. He's, he's, he's had a son. Right. And then midway through the story, a little thing clicks in his head and your heartstrings start pulling because you know, oh, crap, he's figuring it out. And the part that did me in was at the very end, Superman takes his son, Van, yes. and they go off yes. uh, to, to explore. And I forget where they I think they're actually looking at a facility up in, like, the poles of, of Krypton. And um, Van's telling them about what they have, and, and, and Superman's looking at him. And he outright, and I had to pull this quote out um, where he tells them, you know, Superman gets down on his knees, and he tells Van, says, you're my son. I was there at your birth, and I'll always love you, always. But, but Van, I don't think you're real. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. And right there, you're just like, oh, my God. And for me, I had to put it down and wipe my eyes because I'm like, man, he just realized that his fantasy is a lie and he's about to lose it all. And you want to know mm -hmm. that in that episode of Justice League Unlimited where the tip-off came, do you remember when Jor-El came to visit and he and Van were leaving? He started off sounding like Christopher McDonald who voiced Jor-El, and then he just... He, by the time he finished his phrase, he was sounding like Mike Farrell, who voiced Jonathan Kent. Right. The sad thing about this, too, and I think they do this in both the comic and in the Justice League animated series. They, they get the Black Mercy off Superman, and then it lands on Batman. And you're thinking, oh, God, really? Mm -hmm. It says, it wasn't bad enough. Now you're going to show me what Batman's life would have been like? And you just want to close it. I'm like, nope, I can't read anymore. Yeah. I'm already crying yeah. that Superman's realized his son's a myth. And now you're going to show Batman what would happen if his parents had never died. So, hey, Kevin, what do you got over there? I know you got something. Oh, I got stuff. You know, and any any of this uh, father son stuff really gets me. Um, and specifically, um, now you know, if you want to talk more recently, I'll, I'll you know I can just say, well, let's you know, any any of these tributes to Stanley get me. Yeah, they really get absolutely. Me. Um, you know, because I've I've had the the privilege to. Uh, to, to sit and talk with the guy before, you know, and, and, and gush at him and oh, tell him what, great. you know, how much he meant to me and all this sort of thing, you know, and this was, you know, a few years ago. And so anytime I'm reading these things, if you saw the, the things in the back of DC or Jinx World Comics from Bendis, right, that, right. that several page thing, you know, that got me. And you see these these little old soapbox things and you're just like, yeah, oh, Stan. Wow, yeah. Mar so Marvel, yeah, yeah. I was born. Marvel actually just reprinted one of those Stan soapbox as a tribute. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I feel sorry for the staffer whose job was told to go through and read all of Stan's soapboxes and find one of the best ones. And yeah. how did you not just break down in tears the entire right. time you were doing Tough it? Tough job. Yeah. 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 And yeah, so far I've seen two two different ones. But yeah, those are fantastic. But uh, the one that, that comes up to me, and this is this is kind of a gimme from the uh, from the archives of the Comics Online podcast, uh, which uh, the 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 death of Captain America, which was twenty five or something like that. Yeah, Captain America twenty five. That one uh, got to me too. Mm -hmm. So during this time period that that came out, I was I literally went and bought that from a comic book store that I had never been to before. Why was I in this town? I was in uh, Santa Maria, um, waiting for my own father to die of cancer. Oh wow! Mm. And so I went to the local comic book store there. And, you know, bought a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, little did I know, oh, great, you know, Captain, you know, because I was kind of offline when it came to comic books at that time. But, you know, but I was just like, okay, well, let me go pick up my stuff. And, you know, and there was, you know, first my own father's dying, and then they got to kill Cap, too. Yeah. Right, right. You know, who is just, you know, the ideal of, you know, all good things. Right. Well, and you know the part that just really rips your heart out on that whole storyline is Tony Stark sitting at his bed in his Iron Man armor with his helmet off telling Cap that I thought what we were doing was a good thing with the whole registration act. And, 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 just, and just a little whispered, I was wrong. I mean, you have to strain your eyes to see it because this man has lost 
what is closest to ever being his actual brother with right. sort of being the same mother. And that's, that part for me was where I was just like, damn, this was just really intense. Well, and, you know, he meant a lot to a lot of people in the, uh, in the Marvel Universe, too. I mean, like you said, him and Tony Stark were brothers. You know, him and Hawkeye pretty much had like a, a father-son yeah. relationship. Right. That, I mean, that was, you know, even beyond that, you know, he was, it, was, it was more of a father-son relationship. And you can see that in some of the later ones that came after that when they were, you know, talking about who was going to take the shield. So, but yeah, that one got to me too. And, you know, part of the reason, I mean, not for the same reasons it got to you, Kevin. I, <laughs> I, I had no idea it was going to happen either. I had been out of collecting for, I had just got back into collecting after probably like 20 years. And, you know, I, the, the guy at my local comic shop was talking about it being sold out. I was like, well, why is, why is it sold out? It's because, well, that's the one he dies. What? Well, I, yeah. I, well, I remember reading, was it, was it in Captain America or Civil War when he takes the bullet? I remember reading that and just going, <gasps> I was like, holy crap, they shot him. I and believe it was in Civil War that he actually took yeah. the bullet. I don't know. I might be wrong. I'd have to go back. I want to say when it was he in Captain America. got shot and killed. Yeah. It was, in, it was Captain America. It was Captain America. Because, okay. because I remember because it, the issue had an Ed McGinnis illustration on yes. the front. Yes, Ed was, McGinnis cover. Captain America. Okay, yes. Yes, you're, you're 100% right. And then you later find out it was Sharon Carter that, that shot that him and not, yeah, that, and, and not that crossbows. Another and that was, that was another, like, like, oh, why would Sharon do that? Right. And, and you know, then you know, they later find out that he wasn't dead at all. He was just shot through time through a magic bullet, and that kind of lessened it a little bit. But, right. You know. right up there with Batman getting shuttled through time and the whole dark side. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like the guy who wrote it. I mean, Ed Brubaker is, is the man. I oh, mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no but, doubt. But, you know, the, the whole shuttling through time with, like, the – Magic bullet. So, like, what uh, else do you have on your tearjerker moments? Um, this was one that got me, and I, it was kind of surprising when it when it happened too. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet number five, when when Captain America stands up to. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it, you know, in, in case anybody out there in, in listener land is wondering, I am a huge Captain America. Mark. Yeah, but but yeah, it, it start it starts out with him t- telling Th- Thanos, "It's not over till the fat lady sings," and he Thanos comes back with, "Surely you jest." Never yeah. been any good at stand-up routines or at organizing cosmic assaults, I see. We tried. And then the Silver Surfer's getting ready to launch his attack. Yeah. And Cap comes back. As long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory. Oh, I love it. Love no, it. Noble sentiments from someone about to die. And then he that, takes on Thanos, and you know that he knows he's going to lose. Oh, and he's yeah. getting ready to get killed, and he just stands there ready to take it because he knows that. I know. Because he knows that, you know, Surfer's coming to try to save the day, and this is what he's got to do. What he does after the surfer gets, tries to snatch that glove. Right. And it's just, I love it. Oh, my God. It, it, it just it, it got me. They tr- he goes and he sna- tries to snatch the glove. He missed, right? Yep. Well, no. Thanos pulls it away at the last second and goes, what am I doing? Yeah, and, but at that moment, <laughs> that's when Cap, Cap just Clocks cracks him in the jaw. Him in the like, jaw. Oh, when he, when he God realizes the server has, yeah. has made a mistake, he still tries. He, still, he knows it's yeah. all over and he clocks him in the jaw and still dry, tries. I love it. And, and I love how they capture, they had Chris Evans capture the spirit of that mm-hmm. in the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah, taking I a totally beat felt he's going like, yeah, he totally I can felt do it. this all day. Exactly. And I'm like, and, and like, uh, that's why a lot of people love Captain America because he is the guy, he and Superman are the two characters that when they walk in the room, they command respect. Yeah. Or anywhere they go. And that's why, especially with Captain America, I'm saying this because I'm a veteran, and how he can just walk into a room and he's got people more powerful than he does. Anytime you can make the Punisher stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime you can make the Punisher get over his anger and keep from killing people, you're a bad sucker. You make, you make <laughs> people, if you can make people like Thor and Hulk and Vision obey your commands. Exactly. Well, and think about the, oh, yeah. the JLA, you know, uh, the JLA yeah. Avengers crossover. You know, who led the team? Captain America. Exactly. He, you know, even Batman was okay with yes. Captain oh, yeah. America leading oh, yeah. the team. Right. Yeah, that's. That 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 makes you the man. Yeah. 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 And you know, like I said, I've I've always been a huge Captain America mark. So this is this was one that got to me. The death of Captain America got to me. I mean, it's just I love me some Cap. So so one got one that got me, and this is actually a recent one too. Um, DC Universe Rebirth, when Wally comes out of the Speed Force, and he's trying to establish himself, and no one knows him, 
He goes to Batman, and Batman's like, who are you? And, and it doesn't work. He goes to Johnny Thunder, of all people, who's now in a, in a rest home, and he, he's trying to tell him, you know, you know, summon the genie, and because he says, I know you're not crazy, because everybody in the, re- in the old folks' home thinks this guy is nuts. Oh, there was never a magical genie. You can't summon it. And Wally's like, don't listen to him. I know the truth. But Johnny Thunder doesn't remember him. And then he goes to Linda Park. And Linda Park, the woman who he married, who had his children, doesn't remember him. And it's just, it gets progressively worse the entire issue. And when Linda Park didn't remember him, I'm already losing it right there. But then he keeps going on. Captain Boomerang doesn't know who he is. Cyborg doesn't know who he is. Dick Grayson doesn't know who he is. I'm thinking, oh, my God. And every time he shows up in front of somebody else and they don't remember him, his connection to the Speed Force is getting weaker and weaker, and he's about to be totally lost forever in a time stream, knowing that this is it. I'm never going to make it. And then he shows it to Barry Allen, and it's the same thing. Barry doesn't remember him. So Wally starts going through the entire history of, you know, you were my, my mentor. You were made what made me the Flash. I spilled your shoes, and you were gone, and, and now the tables have turned. I'm now here, stuck forever, dying, and you are here, you know, being who you're supposed to be, always the greatest, you know, among us. Um, and he's this close, he's just about to ready to fade off, and then all of a sudden, Barry just goes, Wally, and he reaches out and grab him, and for me, that was it. I was like, oh my God, he did it, because you thought for sure that right there, yes, and he pulls him, and he, and he gives him this hug, and you're just... For me, I was because Flash has always been for me the character that got me into comics. You know, I knew who Superman was, I knew who Batman was, but Flash was the one that drove it home for me. That's when I went from reading comics to collecting comics. So for me, that was a moment where I was just like, <laughs> he remembers him. <laughs> You're in love with the Flash. We get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he'd probably want to marry Barry Allen, too. So. Yeah. I was going to say, since you had to go there, you put Tom King in a Flash uniform. And we're <laughs> and, and, <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on. I've embarrassed myself enough. Who's next? <laughs> I got one. Oh, okay. Madman. Madman. I told you I got one. It's the only one time I've ever cried. And uh, after the stories you guys told, I in, feel like that. Uh, in your entire life, right? Uh, there were a couple Semper Fi comic books and G.I. Joe comic books where I cried when, like, a character died or something like that. Because, I mean, that's what I read most of the time back uh, when I was young and learning emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to figure out how to feign them. Learning emotions. That's a good one. Learning emotions. I was a psychopath. I was just trying to figure out how to act like a regular person. Exactly. So. What these strange wet things falling out of my eyes? But, uh... Uh, there was actually one time, it was like, and it was in JLA year one, where I actually kind of uh, burst into tears. And I think it had a lot to do with like the kind of chemicals that were in me at the time. <laughs> he holds up because the light beer. Yeah, yeah, I, I hold up the beer. I was influenced by alcohol. Because <laughs> I probably sat down and was drinking some beer and reading the JLA year one trade paperback here. Uh-huh. And it happens towards the end, so I probably had a couple in me at this point. And uh, it gets to a point in the story where uh, Martian Manhunter had been following everybody around in their uh, civilian identities in the JLA. You know, and this is like just the first year after they first met, and he's following every, everybody around, and they figure it out. And then uh, he starts, he goes into hiding because they're, they're basically like confronting him on, it's like, why are you doing this to us? It was like, you, we trusted you. And uh, they don't know each other's identities or anything yet and stuff like that. And, you know, nobody trusts each other and they're having this argument and it's like they don't know what to do because nobody trusts anybody. And then Barry Allen, I turn the page from this. It's like there's a uh, black canary says, listen to us. We thought we knew each other. We kidded ourselves that masks didn't matter. We don't really know each other at all. And they all kind of turn. And then Barry Allen steps forward. My name is Barry Allen. I'm a forensic scientist. And yeah. so, I'm just like, Barry! Ba- Barry was take always a, charge! Barry was always the first one to step up and say, well, I trust you. Here's who, here's who I am. And usually first guy knocked out in a fight, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is it safe to say that if you want to look at the heart and soul of the DC universe, it's John Jones, but the conscience is Barry Allen? Yes. Yes. Because, I mean, that story about, uh, what was it, in Justice League, where um, there was a earth there was an Earth that didn't have it, where Barry Allen died? That's the, in the, the Justice in, League in animated Justi- series. Yeah. Um, he dies. Oh, that's a great, God, that's the a Justice great Lords. Yes. Where they became really super crazy. Oh, that's such yeah. a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. But what you just said about the whole Barry Allen thing, 
actually reminded me of an episode of Justice League, and I think it's the one where they came back and Vandal Savage had taken over for Hitler, and so they're going to hiding. That's such a good and series. Talking, and it's like three three episodes. It's and they're great. talking about how they need to go into hiding and reveal themselves. And so Barry Allen, like, well, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I trust you guys, but I don't know that I trust them with my identity. And Bruce Wayne just comes up and starts pointing at him, and he looks, points to Superman and goes like, Clark Kent. Yeah, that was, exactly. That, yeah. Was, that, was in, that was in Star Cross. When, yeah. when the Thanagarians, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's they were right. all in, they were all but inside. But then Batman's like, so and Clark like, and Wally, Wally goes, I'm not sure I can trust you guys. <laughs> yeah. Wally West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just starts giving it. And, and, and then, of course, Flash is like, show off. <laughs> and, and, and Wonder Woman goes, ah, red hair. Guys, if you've never watched the Justice League or the Justice League Unlimited, there are so I'll, many yeah, great character so moments great. in that yeah. you need to go watch that series. And a shameless plug, you can now get the entire series on DVD at Walmart for $34.95. They have, it is Justice League Season 1 and 2 and, and Justice Unlimited League Unlimited 1 through 3. Uh, yep. Wow, I might have to. I, I still have one set. Yeah. I might set. have to go get those because I that, still that regular DVD, not Blu-ray. I take it. The regular DVD. Okay. That, that works for me. So um, and Batman right. Beyond too. Because I have a couple Ooh, more. Complete series. Enos, I know you've got one. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I'm going to put you on the hook for one. Sure. This Moments one. that turned you into girly men. <laughs> All right, cons are cons. During. During John Byrne's run on Fantastic Four, there were some great stories. Oh, I know exactly where you're going. This one tore me up. When Sue was carrying the child, and they had to recruit Dr. Octopus. But that isn't what got me. It was right after they got him. Reed went to, and Reed looked like pure hell. They get to the hospital. There's a big black page and a little small panel. Doctor Reed is there. The doctor, she lost the baby. Yeah, oh. she she miscarried because of the radiation Rich. in a negative zone. Yeah. Damn. And I remember the whole reason that just ripped me up is you did not expect a comet to ever go that yeah. dark. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is pretty dark. It's yeah, it's yeah. Pro- well, especially during the time period too, because right. during Burns run. So this yeah. that was been, in the eighties, right. in the eighties, eighties, early nineties. Yeah, and yeah, and, and like he said, eighty four, yeah, and they framed it perfectly because it's the whole splash panel of the comic, but the panel is like this big. Yeah. And he's showing, in case you guys are wondering, he was showing about maybe like a, f- a few inches there because that would be. Yeah, this is a podcast. Right, sorry. Right. The cameras aren't on. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and it's almost, and I almost got the feeling it's like when you're watching a TV show and a character has died and the way the screen is pulling away mm. from you because you realize their life is forever changing. Right. That's the effect you had with that panel. And this is one of the reasons why I absolutely love John Byrne's work. Because John Byrne will get you when you're not looking for it. I, I, yeah. And 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 you and his what what's this is a testament to John Byrne's brilliance is that he had you thinking because she was dealing with this radiation bur- these radiation bursts for a couple of issues. So they figured you get Otto Octavius, he's gonna figure it out. And he had you feeling that they were gonna save this child. That last I, panel. I actually had the feeling, that, okay, we're going to get this super gamma baby that's right. going to come out. It's going to be even more powerful than Franklin Richards. Right. Waiting for the general tropes. And then you exactly. see the doctor you telling Reed that exactly. she miscarried. And you just, because I remember setting that issue down and going, I don't believe they actually did it. Well, yeah, and let's face it, it was comic books in the 80s. You know, hey, the, the good guys always win. Yeah. You know. And, and, and I actually, when you read that, I don't know about you. But I actually felt I kept couldn't stop thinking about Franklin. Yeah. Can you imagine he's about three or four years old? He knows he's gonna get a little brother or sister. And that anticipation is building. And then I thought about how was Reed gonna tell this little precious boy yeah. that his brother or sister didn't make it. Yeah. And what's gonna happen And to that what's kid? gonna happen yeah. after And then that. I wanna say the very next issue, doesn't the very next issue splash panel start in the in the hospital room with all them guys around Sue? Yeah. To like just even remind you, oh that's right, shit, she, she lost a baby last issue. Right, right. And, and and like they didn't they didn't end it there and go somewhere else, John Oh no, I'm gonna make y'all suckers feel yeah. this. He he, came, he picks right back up <laughs> and he on picks it. Right and, up. I'm like, Yeah, y'all got y'all got your Kleenex. 
<laughs> if well, that got you, bang, hit his head. So you know. Well, and that's a that's a good thing too, because you can't drop something like that and then move away from no, it and right, act like no. it didn't happen. You just can't. <laughs> Kevin, what you got? Well, you know, coming off of that, I, I, I Kevin's like, I don't want to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> That is a rough one, uh, you know. Uh, shout out to Dave uh, over over uh, on another podcast. Doesn't matter. Uh, the important thing is, um, uh, I've missed John Byrne so oh, bad, and I, and I talk about this on my weekly show all the time. I do a show on Facebook Live uh, with uh, Flashback Comics on Comics Online fa- uh, Facebook Live. Is that and on the web page? On your web page? No, no, on the on the Facebook. Just okay. Only. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I was just talking about this yesterday, saying, oh, you know, hey, you know, I, what I really want is John Burnback. Well, today, we got John Burnback in the case of uh, Detective Comics 999. We got He's it. pulling we, it out. We got it He's covered. got it. We got to cover it. I mean, it's, you know, we would prefer an actual full fantastic I saw that. That's issue. great. But, you know, if this is what we can get, then, then that's fine. Um, but... Uh, on topic here, um, I'm a big, uh, you know, if, you, if you've if you listened to my show for a while, you'll know that, that I'm a big Spider-Man guy, I'm a big uh, Walking Dead guy like that. Those are my go-tos. And you might think, oh, you know, is it, you know, is it, uh, you know, Walking Dead 100 where, uh, you know, where, where our, our hero gets his, his eye bashed out? No, not really. Um... You know, and you know, could it be that that Spider-Man number twenty, the the silent issue for for nine eleven? That oh, is a oh serious. Man, I've forgotten about mm. that. That is a serious tearjerker. That will kick your butt. I, or, do we swear on your show? I don't know. We're trying to stay PG, so All watch right. your f bombs. All <laughs> right, so it'll be just butt. Kick your butt, uh, because that it's it's rough. Um, but really, more recently, uh, the death of of Andrea in The Walking Dead is oh, is what yeah. hit me particularly hard. I, I hated when they did that. Hated that. Yeah, and they, you know, and obviously it, it hit Rick really hard as well. And you know, Walking Dead, one of the ones that that from the comic book moment that just blew me away was when the governor is taking over at the prison and his sharpshooter shoots Laurie in the back, and they don't realize that she's carrying Judith. Right. And that's in, for you guys who don't read the comic. In the TV show, Judith is alive. In the comic, the governor sharpshooter takes out. Lori and you don't realize that Lori is carrying Judith and so they both die and that's just one of those that's really messed up how, how did you do that I mean why do you even write that yeah yeah that that yeah. that that comic walking there, but I'm surprised Kirkman never get away with that yeah Kirkman's the one who wrote it that's yeah, what that, he wrote that, in, that, that, that's what I'm trying yeah. to think. yeah why would he it's like I said. It's one of those moments because, and it's not. It's not like you see it from off panel. You see it from the front. The bullet coming through Laurie's back and through Judas' head, and you're just like, he did not just do that. I mean, you just. I mean, you close the book and you're going, why did he just freaking do that? I mean, it is. It's a bad, bad scene. <laughs> it, it it really is. So so yeah. Uh, the, the as a as a more recent tearjerker for me and and really you know you guys talking about you know you've got your identity crisis here you know brad Meltzer can just i can just you know talk to that guy and i'll be blubbering yeah but uh if you if you if you really want brad Meltzer to make you blubber read his children's books um which are the uh the ordinary people change the world have you read oh them? yeah oh, i've heard of yeah, them yeah. Read it. i've heard of them it's I mean, they're literally four kids, but each one has has a lesson about how you know this uh, public figure has has gone and and taken hardship and turned it into something wonderful, you know. And you know, we can learn from from these people. Um, and uh, you know, they've okay, all got I'm going to have to look them up because because of identity crisis, I went and read some of his regular fiction. Um, so he's a great writer. So I'm going definitely going to go look those up. He is. He's he's fantastic. And uh, but these these children's books. Um, are they they're illustrated by uh, Chris uh, Eliopoulos? Uh, you know he's he's done like the he's a very cartoony kind of halfway between Calvin and Hobbes and uh, Charles Schultz mm-hmm. sort of uh, art style. Anyway, beautiful stuff and uh, but for an adult, total tear tearjerker. Cool. So I have another one here that I want to make sure I mention it just because this one and I. W- Full disclosure, I may cry just, just talking about this one. Um, so 
we were mentioning the Justice League Unlimited cartoons. Um, season two, the finale, epilogue. Um, oh, yeah. So I know where you're going. It's, the episode is actually Amanda Waller telling Terry McGinnis about his father because he's learning that his father is actually Bruce Wayne. Um, and because she makes a comment about how it wasn't hard to figure out. He left his DNA all over town, you right. know, blooding, what have you. But the actual episode is Amanda Waller telling Terry McGinnis, let me tell you about a side of your father no people ever saw. And it goes back to Gotham. He's still Batman. And it's the Royal Flesh Gang. And in this version of Royal Flesh Gang, Ace is a little 10-year-old girl who has extraordinary mental powers. But they're also killing her. So it's a case of her powers are too strong for her. She's taken over the entire park, um, and she's got this huge, like, fortress of trees and branches, and she's got the regular Royal Flesh Gang out there fighting them. And Amanda Waller's telling Batman, we need to take Ace down. You know, her power levels are off the chart. She can change the entire world and bring it to its knees. And she gives Batman this device and says, you get next to Ace, you pull this button, and it'll be over. And Batman's like, give it to me. I'll do it. And so he goes into the park to talk to her, and it's really great because he gets in there, and as he's walking, Ace is parting the trees for him and, and letting him in there, and she's sitting on a swing set. And she's, first she's being evil, and she's like, did you like my new little royal flush gang? But then she talks about how they won't play. Um, but as she's talking to Batman, she says, I know, goes, I know why you're here. You want me to change everything before I die. I'm going to die soon, aren't I? And he's like, yes. See, now I'm losing it. But she goes, I'm scared. And she tells him, will you sit with me? Mm. And he sits in the swing and holds her hand, and he waits for this little girl to die. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that is such, if you are not crying at the end of that, when he carries her limp body out, it is horrible. Because she even says about, she knows Batman's psyche, and she goes, just like, I know you're not going to use Miss Waller's weapon on me. And you see him open it up, and there's no innards. It's like he's removed the power core. And he's like, no. And that's when she says, will you sit with me? And he's like, yes. And he just sits there, and he waits for her to die. It's a quality of mercy and, of and, a hero. And it's, and it's ironic that you brought that up, but there was another moment in Justice League Unlimited where Hawk Girl and Grundy. Hawk Girl and Solomon Grundy. And this is how you knew that, you know, we, the last, our last show we talked about Dwayne McDuffie. There was a part where... Hawk Girl just couldn't understand why Grundy was so calm when he knew he was going to die. And Aquaman speaks up and goes, it's called faith, Hawk Girl. You're not supposed to understand it. Right. You just have it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, yeah. Well, not to mention, too, they all argue about someone's got to send Grundy back. It's, right. He's an aberration. He's not supposed to be reanimated. Right. And it says, but... Thanagarian Nith Metal is the only thing that could do it. So right. they're going to take Hawk Girl's mace. And she just stops and she goes, I'll do, I'll do it. it. And she goes down and you just know that she's going to, you know, she's going to put him out of his misery. She right. has to. And there's even a scene where he's looking at her and he's like, bird knows. And, and he yeah. knows what's coming. Yeah. You're making our listeners cry, Randy. Yeah. I, I'm about to say, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, listeners, if you watch any one episode of Justice League Unlimited, season two finale, Epilogue. You will not I, be. You will I not have a dry one. eye when you watch you that episode. If you got any humanity in I you am whatsoever, 50, I am fifty-three years old, and I was bawling oh, like a four-year-old when that episode was I, on. I do remember that one. Yeah, and, and and like that was like, it also showed you, it gave you a soft side of Batman you never thought existed. Right. Because Batman is portrayed to be so merciless, but he's not. Right. Right. And that's why, you know, Randy, you and I talked before about how I never agreed with the fact that, you know, how about Batman's never had an issue with a psychological profile and Batman's the real person and Bruce Wayne's the disguise. No, right. no. Bruce Wayne is... is He's the really there. He's there. Yeah. All right. So, guys... If we're, if we're counting shows, though, I mean, I cried real hard when uh, in Supergirl when uh, Alex Danvers came out. Oh, yeah. I cried so hard. I cried when Maggie leaves her. When oh, I, I didn't care about that. When they're talking about You're just upset kids. because you weren't going to have a shot with her. That's all. Exactly. And, and, and Maggie's like, I don't want kids. And Alex, and, uh, uh, Alex is like, I really want children. And you see that it's not going to work. I'm thinking, yeah. Maggie, don't leave her. Damn it. Make this work. 
So I, I, yeah. I have to agree with you. I don't. I, I won't say that I cry, but that was that was heart wrenching. I, I so really <laughs> it's gonna hit you right here, man. I'm telling you. All right. So this has been a good episode. Um, I want to thank Kevin from ComicsOnline.com for joining us tonight. Actually, come on back anytime, guy. We welcome to have you. Thanks for having me. Uh, visit okay. us on on Facebook at just LostInTheLongBox.com. On Facebook, we also have a Gmail, LostInTheLongBox at Gmail.com. We also have a Twitter, LostInTheLongB1. God, what else can I plug? Enos, I know you got a couple of websites. Plug them really quickly. The realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture, and Batman yesterday, and for yesterday, today, and forever. And remember, Tuesday nights here on FXBG Radio, we, Batman also has uh, Shock Monkey Radio at 6, so make sure you catch that. And is there any other crap I can plug while I'm at it? Thomas, you going to plug anything? I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> Tom's like, I'm covered it all. Comics yeah. online on all the social media. <laughs> Thomas is like, I'm going to have to get a Facebook page or something. <laughs> All right, so normally this is the part where I say until next time we blah, 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 but I don't have the snappy patter for this week. So until next time, we're lost in long books, guys. Thanks for listening. Have Bye. a great night. Good night, yep. folks. <laughs>